This is Shane Gibson's sociable podcast from ClosingBigger.net. Today I want to talk about 10 corporate social media myths. I mean, there are a ton of myths and misconceptions around social media. But as we work with major organizations in, in implementing social media strategy, process, culture, best practices, and really getting them socialized so that they're getting results and communicating with their stakeholders and driving prospects to their business, um, one of the things we come across is a number of myths which hold them back or have held them back. Sometimes we come in, they've been active, but there's been some serious errors or, or other things that, you know, misconceptions create this total perspective in regards to what we're going to do for them as a social media agency. Uh, at the end of the day, I think the most important thing to look at is, is that at the end of the day, you have to become social as an organization. You have to grow a social business. I mean, maybe not right now. Uh, but in the next 24 months, if you really want to be competitive, you've got to think about how you're going to shift your corporate culture to being that of a social business, internally and externally being more collaborative, more communicative, uh, more transparent, and, and more flat. So I think we'll look at this. I'm going to look at these 10 myths that I've come across, and some of them overlap, but I think it's important to look at them. It's important to ask, am I, do I have this misconception in my organization where, when we're implementing or thinking about implementing social media? So I guess the first one that I often hear is number one is it'll expose us to negativity. So the argument at the executive level uh, or at the human resource level or even at the marketing level is, look, we're not blogging or we're not on Twitter and we don't have a Facebook page because it'll expose our brand to negative t- negativity. I think this is the kind of one of the misconceptions, number one, if you don't understand uh, blogging, for instance, or Facebook, is that many of the the negative rants and, and bad news about your business typically aren't occurring on your site. So regardless of whether or not you have a blog, someone else is blogging about you from their site. This is where you have the majority of the negativity. On the other side, it doesn't really expose you to negativity. What it does is if you have a blog, you've got a Facebook page, and you host the conversation, you have the opportunity to interact, uh, to react and respond to these conversations, and also you have a positive community about your brand surrounding it. In fact, if you don't get in the game, then in many cases, if you're not monitoring, if you're not blogging, if you're not communicating on a regular basis, it'll actually affect your brand more negatively. Because if there are negatives out there, you're not even aware of them. And even when you're aware of them, you're having those battles on someone else's home turf instead of your own blog or Facebook page. So social media will not expose you to more negativity. What it'll do is it'll make you aware of it, and it'll give you more tools to respond to it. One of the the key caveats today is that customer service is now marketing because it happens publicly. So there's an opportunity to respond to this negativity to also create a branding opportunity for your organization as other people witness how you handle this type of feedback. So it's not going to expose you to negativity. Uh, It will if you use social media ineffectively, and that's where a good social media strategy comes into place, is that we can't just step in there and wait in there and attack the marketplace with sort of half-cocked marketing strategies, and we haven't really thought through the repercussions. So yeah, there is some strategy needed, but at the end of the day, being involved in social media alone will, in most cases, reduce the negativity. Number two, here's another one. It's something we can buy and outsource. Can we just write you a check? Can you be social for us? 
Uh, you can't really outsource authenticity. There's some aspects of social media that you can outsource. For instance, people monitoring what's going on online with your brand and giving them a set of responses within a certain confine of, of product satisfaction, where your locations are, what your specials are about. These things can be outsourced somewhat. But at the end of the day, how is this person, if they're off in another country or, or they're not involved in your business and they don't understand the local market, how are they going to know who's asking that question? How do they know about those influencers? How do they know about the marketplace and the culture? So I think you can outsource a little bit, but you're outsourcing the opportunity as well. And so I would say there are some activities that can be outsourced, but in many cases, what you want to do is internally build best practices, build the competencies of individuals, and recruit the right people to help your business grow from a social aspect. Number three, this is one, it's a cubicle or department. Oh, yeah, yeah, we do social media. We hop, We hired Bob's niece, who's a recent grad, uh, and we've put her in a cubicle, you know, with no support, no guidance, and she's handling our social strategy. And so at the end of the day, when you take someone and you just create a cubicle, number one, you're missing the opportunity. There's social media opportunities in customer service, in sales, in the C-suite, in human resources, in research and development, in competitive intelligence. All of these areas, social communications can be used. So I think at the end of the day, two things can go wrong. Number one, if it's a cubicle, no one thinks it's their responsibility to be part of that communication strategy, and that person's left alone without resources, support, or collaboration. Uh, On the other side, uh, the downside is... We can also have someone we bring in where we create a social media department and they create a social media fiefdom and they draw the line and they make it about them and they make themselves sort of into your corporate face or superstar. But at the end of the day, what's missed is all the fantastic people in your organization, which also have something to share with the marketplace. So don't think cubicle department. Think organization-wide use of social media communications in the appropriate strategic fashion. Of course, your sales department is going to use social media very different from your communications and prospecting perspective than your customer service department or your core marketing department is doing it from a branding and outreach perspective. Number four, senior decision makers don't use it. There's another myth. Uh, well, you know what, we're in the business business space and you know what, most of our, our buyers are senior decision makers, so we don't need to use social media. A Google and Forbes Insights study, and this was done close to two years ago now, uh, cited that 50% of senior executives prefer to use search on their own to look for information on organizations, partners, and individuals that they're doing business with. Now, what's interesting is that when you use Google search, for instance, the person's entire social graph and the organization's social graph shows up. So if you're not active in social media, what's going to show up is other people's blogs about your organization, other tweets about your organization, other articles about your organization. But if you're active on all these major platforms as a brand, what you're able to create is a real picture of what you're about. And those top 10 results are all created by your organization. And what they're going to see is your voice, your values, your activities, and how you engage the marketplace. And also some of your thought leadership from a blogging perspective in that specific vertical. So it's definitely, definitely not uh, just for consumers or lower rung staff, so to speak. Senior executives do use social media to interact, research, and engage. Number five is a time waster. Well, That's another good myth, and that's actually pretty true in many cases, especially if you don't have the right process, social media policy in place, and training for your team. So yes, it can be a time waster if it's not engaged proactively. And I'll guarantee you, if you lock down your social network, it's not going to stop your staff from using Facebook and Twitter. They're going to turn around to their iPhone, their BlackBerry, their Android, whatever tool they use, and they're going to their iPad, and they're going to be tweeting and blogging and, and posting away on your time, uh, uh, yet not in a directed fashion. 
And so it's not about locking your social or your corporate network down so they don't have access to the web. What you're going to want to do is have a social media policy in place, a process, the right training, and make it part of their daily KPIs or key performance indicators, how they're interacting on social space. Number six, here's another myth. It's free. It's not free. Social media is not free. Um, You know, people get paid dollars to work per hour. Uh, You've invested in workstations. You've invested in marketing. uh, You've invested in educating your team. You've invested in hiring the right people. And so it's not free. The time they spend is a serious investment. You're also going to invest in social media monitoring tools. You're going to have to invest in content strategy and creating dynamic content uh, and research, competitive intelligence. And so we look at all these things. It is an investment. So again, just because it's social media and most of the tools are free to get onto doesn't mean the actual activity of being social doesn't have a cost attached to it. So you definitely have to put a line item, uh, you know, under marketing, under human resources, under sales, uh, you know, from a research intelligence perspective as well, that you're going to invest in social media, the right tools, the right training for your people, and ongoing to update your technology. So there is an investment involved. So I go back to the fact that you need a plan. You need a plan, a strategy, and a marketing and communications calendar to make sure you drive that ROI. Number seven, we should just hire an outside social media expert. Yeah, that's easy. Let's just find someone and let's hire that expert and bring them in and they'll create magic. Well, there's some truth in that. You're going to hire someone outside who's got a proven track record or who's worked with multiple organizations to help you become social. Then, yeah, that's helpful. But at the end of the day, that one person isn't your entire organization. Your goal still has to be mapped out how you're going to socialize and create this competency and multiple staff. Because at the end of the day, if you're dependent upon that one person to drive social in your organization and they leave or they don't get your culture of your organization, you've really missed out in a major way. So again, it's not just about hiring an outside expert to help you. I mean, that's kind of what we do in many cases from an agency perspective is we help businesses understand best practices. We train them. We help them develop processes. But we don't make them successful. They make themselves successful. We can help them with a campaign or two. But at the end of the day, the most success is going to come to those organizations, which really invest in making everyone in the organization competent in the use of social communications. Number eight, here's another myth. Well, social media is great, but we just can't measure it. Well, again, a half-truth. There are parts of social media you can't measure. When we talk about engagement, what I can't measure if I produce a video and you laugh at home when you're watching it, well, I can't measure that engagement. I can measure, however, uh, if you shared or liked it. And in fact, almost every tweet and Facebook update and piece of content you create has links in it. Those links can be measured in addition, so you know click-through ratios, you know where they came from, what campaign they came from, and whether or not they filled a form out on your website if you're using Google Analytics. So this is all measurable. Now, in addition to this, if you look at tools like Radian 6, uh, for instance, um, or Attensity 360, they'll really begin to measure the influence of your brand, who the key people are, the most influential people are you want to reach out with that impact the success of your brand. You can find negatives. You can project uh, trends that are happening in the marketplace. You can also look at what your competitors are doing. All this can be measured through social media through a tool like Attensity 360 or through Radian 6. So once again, highly measurable. You just need the right strategy and the right training to understand how to use this within your organization. It's simply a competency set to understand how to measure social media. Number nine, that's great. It'll replace other media. If we use social media, we can stop buying Google ads. We can stop running radio ads. We can stop running TV ads. We can stop running print. We can stop spending money on those expensive videos we post up on our website. That's really a myth. 
In fact, social media is most effective when it's integrated with other media in many cases, when you've got an integrated campaign. Now, slowly, social media's effectiveness is growing to the point where it is beginning to replace, reduce the need for those other mediums, but we're a long way from that. And remember, social media is unlike purchased advertising, is that it's an earned media. And that earned media comes in the sense of trust with the individuals who follow and interact with your brand online. The more time you invest in building that trust and extending your reach, the more earned media you have. John Chow from johnchow.com talks about it as going to his ATM. You know, he's now got a close to, I think he's got over 100,000 blog readers right now. And when he wants to give himself a raise or go on a holiday or make a few extra dollars, he simply puts a new program together. He posts it on his blog. And because of the trust he has with that marketplace and of some of the other influencers, he's able to generate revenues that he doesn't have to spend any money on. He's already earned that media. He's earned that community's trust. And so as you're advertising traditionally and driving traffic to your social destinations, what they're helping to do in essence is grease the skids a little bit. If you integrate your social media destinations and make them well-known and all your traditional on-site and off-site advertising and online and offline advertising, what it'll do is it'll accelerate the growth of that earned media and that reach. So the last one, number 10, is if, they, if we blog it, they will come. If we have a Twitter account, they will come. If we have a Facebook page, they will come. If we run a contest and have a thousand people, you know, they're going to come back. At the end of the day, it's not true. In fact, social media is about communications. It's about ongoing communications. It's about a strong content creation strategy. And so just because you're involved, just because you've posted four or five blog posts, you've nowhere near gotten to the point where you've earned that media. It's a game you have to get in and stay in. And you need a comprehensive strategy beyond just being present. But how are you going to integrate the use of all your social media tools effectively into cohesive campaigns and an ongoing engagement strategy to earn that media, build that community, and truly, truly step above the competitors with your brand in the online space? So again, those are 10 myths that I often come across from a social media perspective uh, at the corporate level, often the C-suite level where people are deciding, hey, we'd like you guys to come in and work with us, and here's our, here's our misconception. You know, they think that, number one, that they can just write a check, that we're going to do it for them, that it's a department, that it eventually becomes free, uh, and that, you know what, there's no way to really measure it, though. And, and often this is sort of where people start, and it's so far from the truth. Social media is one of the most measurable types of media. Social media communications is one of the most effective direct ways to connect with people that you're not already connected with and also to engage your community. At the end of the day, we look at the fact that we have over 850 million people on Facebook globally, 250 million people on Twitter, 150 million people on LinkedIn. And so when we ask the question, are our customers using these tools on a daily basis to communicate? The answer is yes. The question is, can you get over these myths put an effective strategy together so that you can really, truly find and engage these customers in a way that adds value, builds your brand, and builds that trust and community. This is Shane Gibson's social media podcast from closingbigger.net. If you're looking for a speaker for your next conference, you can email me, shane at socialized.me, or tweet me at Shane Gibson, or drop me a call, 604-351-2328.